Welcome to the Valley Point Podcast in the series, Sing Through the Fog. Our big idea today is say the right thing at the right time. This is possible. We're going to be in Romans chapter 12. Enjoy and thanks for listening. Welcome to week number four of Sing Through the Fog. Had a very interesting conversation a few weeks ago with someone who was very encouraging about this series. And it was a friend who was walking through a tough time, and you could say they were walking through a fog. And they were very grateful for the conversation that we're having here at church. But they looked at me and they said, how do you know what's going on in my life? Like, how do you know? Because you were speaking directly to me. And I hear that quite a bit, and I often find that to be a humbling statement, because I don't know what's going on in everybody's life. And it's also just a wonderful reminder to me of how God uses this. God uses what we're doing right now. God uses the church, and I'm a part of it, and you're a part of it, and together we get the chance to grow and learn. And so it has been my prayer and my hope throughout this series as we talk about the different kinds of fogs that kind of invade our lives that keep us from moving forward with any confidence at all. That as we talk about this, that we would be encouraged and we would find this information and the different scriptures that we're looking toward to be very helpful. And I hope that's been the case for you. So we're in week number four of Seeing Through the Fog. We have one more of these talks next week. And I'm really excited about the conversation next week. Now, I know I say that I'm excited about every talk, and I am, but I'm really excited about next week because we're going to talk about seeing through the fog of God. Like, what does God do all day? And how do you describe God? If somebody came to you and asked you, what are the characteristics of God? How would you respond to that? What would you even say? What is God like? And are these even questions that we can ask in church? Well, yes, we can, and we're going to ask them next week, and then we're just going to talk about lifting the fog about who God is and what he does. I'm really excited about that talk. And then the week after that, it's actually Mother's Day. And so moms, grandmothers, mm, get here, all right? I wrote that talk last week, and I'm really excited about that talk as well. I'm excited about all my talks. But I really am looking forward to Mother's Day. And so moms, get your kids here. Kids, get your moms here. We're going to have a wonderful day talking to moms specifically, but also throwing out application for everybody that will be here. So that's kind of what the next couple of weeks look like. So let's review. Three weeks ago, we talked about the fog of Easter. And it's interesting because that first Easter didn't start out as a great day. We looked at a wonderful chapter in the book of Luke that talked about how the followers of Jesus, those who were actually close to him, were terrified, sad, and skeptical. That's how they felt on that very first Easter. And they were with Jesus. They heard him talk about how he would come back to life. But yet when he died, they thought it was all over and there was no hope at all. But then as you walk through the narrative there in Luke... We find that Jesus comes back to life, just like what he said. And when Jesus appeared, 
everything changed. The fog was lifted. And what we found in that chapter is that those followers who were sad, terrified, and skeptical actually started walking around with great joy in their lives. Jesus appeared. And when Jesus appears, there's clarity and the fog is lifted. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the fog of why. And why doesn't God seem to come through sometimes? These are questions I ask myself, and I'm sure you've asked yourself at some point as well. Why doesn't God seem to come through? Why doesn't God do what I want him to do when I want him to do it? And there's not an easy answer to that, but what we discovered is that in the fog of why, what we tend to do is we walk away from God. Like God's not giving me what I want. God's not responding to me. And so I'll get back at the man. I kind of walk away from God. What we said we should do instead of walking away from God is that in the fog of why, even though it doesn't make sense, and even though this isn't the natural thing to do, we actually need to continue to walk with God and determine to obey him with even greater resolve. Again, that doesn't feel normal. That doesn't feel natural to us. We'd rather walk away from God because he's not answering the why. He's not responding to that. But instead of doing what feels natural to us, let's do the opposite and let's walk with God even in the fog, even when it's not clear, and just determine to obey him with even greater resolve. That's the fog of why. Last week, we talked about the fog of open doors. And an open door can be defined as any new opportunity or possibility. And throughout life, we all have different open doors in front of us. And what do we do? Do we just kind of rush through and burst through the door and enjoy whatever is on the other side? Or do we need to be a little more careful and think about these different opportunities and possibilities that are in front of us and determine what does God want for me in this as well? And so last week I gave you some tools, some things that you can throw at the open door to determine, is this the right opportunity and the right time for me? And what does God think about this? And I hope that you found that information to be helpful last week about open doors. So my daughter, Clarice, is a senior in high school. And for the past several months, she's been trying to determine where is she going to go to school. And that's been a big decision for her. And we've been helping her with that and taking her different places and praying with her. But it's been kind of stressful to her. So last week, I talked about open doors. And I got home and I said, Clarice, so you have this big open door opportunity in front of you. And I didn't know she had already decided where she was going to go to school, but she'd kept it a secret from us. She kind of wanted to have this big reveal thing. And so I didn't know that. So I got home thinking she's still in the fog of trying to figure out the open door. And so I talked to her and I said, hey, wasn't that good information? Didn't you really like my talk? And she said, no, it wasn't helpful at all. It was seven days too late. Kids have a way of really boosting your confidence at times. So good information too late. If that was the case for you last week, my apologies. I'll try to work a little harder next time. Today, let's talk about the fog of tough conversations. Let's talk. And to get us started, let me ask you a question. Have you ever had to have a tough conversation at any point in your life? 
Have you ever had to have a tough conversation with a friend, with a parent, a child, a coworker, a colleague, or even an authority? Have you ever had to have a tough conversation with someone? And for the sake of our time together, let's kind of define what a tough conversation is. And I would describe it this way. It's any conversation that you have to have where you feel a tad bit nervous because you're not sure how the other person may respond. And maybe even as you think about the tough conversations that you have had or the ones that you're in right now or the ones you know that are coming, maybe you know it's not going to go well. I just know, and that's what makes it tough. And you're feeling that tension right now. Tough conversation. Any conversation that you are going to have where you feel a tad bit nervous because you're not sure how the other person is going to respond. Here's the reality about tough conversations. We all have to have them, don't we? And some people have to have them more than others. But the reality is, at some point in life, we will have to have tough conversation after tough conversation. That's just the way that life works. Now, here's what's interesting about tough conversations. We tend to respond to them in one of two different ways based on our personality. So travel with me. Let's go to the easel and let's kind of map this out a little bit. So here's the different ways that we respond to tough conversations. Sometimes we do this. We just clam up. We internalize and we keep it all inside because we're fearful of the response and we don't even want to go there. We don't even want to think about that. So we just keep everything on the inside in hopes that the situation will resolve itself. Reality check. Situations rarely resolve themselves, right? It'd be nice if that happened, but that just rarely takes place. Here's the other danger of clamming up. And that is, when we do that, when we internalize, when we keep everything on the inside, we tend to find ourselves in separate corners. And when we find ourselves in separate corners with another person, we've created a boxing ring. And when we have a boxing ring, there is a distinct winner and loser. Having tough conversations is not about winning and losing. It's about doing what God wants us to to do so that we can lift the fog on whatever the issue may be. So clamming up is not something that we really find in Scripture. It's just not there. As a matter of fact, we find amazing words like these in Romans chapter 12. And I want to read this to you because it just helps us think about clamming up. Here's what verse 10 says. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. What's interesting about clamming up is it actually doesn't honor the other person because they need that tough conversation to take place. And so we're not really honoring them. And here's what we read in verse 17, same chapter. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Again, clamming up doesn't really answer that. It doesn't really provide that possibility that we live at peace with everyone because we're just kind of pushing everything under the carpet. So love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other and do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. If we just did that, 
Man, if we just thought about that, and if we just put that into practice every day, wow, our tough conversations, I think, would be much better. And we could probably just stop right there and pray and dismiss. But we're not going to do that because we have to talk about puking. It's a good topic on Sunday morning, isn't it? This is the other response. If we don't clam up, we tend to just puke. Now, I don't really need to describe this, do I? Those individuals who are into puking have a proclivity to just bursting into conversations and speaking their mind, or I'm going to let you have it because I'm going to feel better when I do this. It's not about the other person. It's about them feeling better because sometimes when you puke, you actually do feel better. But what's left behind? There's a big mess, isn't there? And there's kind of a wake of hurt feelings and the wrong information and words that haven't been used appropriately. And so how would you describe your response to tough conversations that are in front of you? Do you clam up or do you puke and just let everybody have it? What I want to posit today is that there is something else that we can and we should be doing that kind of sits somewhere here in the middle. So somewhere between clamming up and somewhere between just letting it all out, there is an area that actually allows us to say the right thing at the right time. And that's what we want to discuss today. That's actually our big idea. Say the right thing at the right time. This is possible And I want to encourage everybody today that it is actually possible to have really tough conversations and to say the right thing at the right time, and it benefits the people around us. So, are you in the middle of a tough conversation right now? Or have you been kind of avoiding one and just clamming it up and keeping it all inside? Or have you walked through a situation recently where you just verbally puked all over somebody and you're trying to pick up that mess right now? I want all of us to lean in a bit because there is this middle territory where we can say the right thing at the right time and this is good for everybody. So, if you have a Bible or a device, I want you to find Proverbs chapter 15. This is the paragraph that we're going to unpack today, and we're going to spend some time looking at some different verses in this amazing chapter that will help us to understand how we can say the right thing at the right time. Proverbs chapter 15. I'm going to begin reading with verse 23. Here's what it says. Everyone enjoys a fitting reply. It is wonderful to say the right thing at the right time. So there's our big idea lifted right out of verse 23 here in Proverbs chapter 15. Everyone enjoys a fitting reply. By the way, it says here that this fitting reply, it is wonderful. And that word wonderful there in the original language means that it is good or it is even beneficial. So here's the thing about tough conversations, because often we think maybe we should avoid them or let's just barrel through and we can get on the other side of it and we don't have to care about this, but we actually do have to care because one of the wonderful opportunities in the middle of a tough conversation is that we can benefit each other. 
And we can bring things that benefit into that conversation that we walk out of in a whole better way. So these conversations, these fitting replies, they are actually beneficial to other people. And when we bring benefits into the conversation, the fog can be lifted. What I want to do is I want to share three keys now that I think are essential to saying the right thing at the right time, which is possible. So here's key number one, and that is when having a tough conversation, bring pure words. Bring pure words. What does that mean? Well, here's verse 26. It says, The Lord detests evil plans, but he delights in pure words. What are pure words here? Well, in the original language, it has the idea of these words being clean. So what we discover here is that the Lord detests evil plans, but he delights. He gets really, really excited about pure and about clean words. So think about this for a second. Clean words come from clean people. Pure words come from pure people. And so we know that the Lord detests evil plans and evil words. He doesn't like that. But he gets really excited and he's really happy about these pure and these clean words that come from pure and clean people. The question becomes, how can we be pure and clean so that these words are coming out of us? I think one of the greatest steps that you can take before you have any tough conversation, the greatest step that you can take before having any tough conversation is that you make sure that your friendship with God is pure and clean and exactly where it should be. Like this is the number one priority. When I have to have a tough conversation with somebody, I got to make sure that my heart is right with God. Meaning, have I confessed my sin? I mean, is the way unblocked between me and God? Have I confessed my sin? And have I soaked myself in his words? When that happens, when I've taken those steps, I believe I am prepared and ready to step into a tough conversation and deliver pure and clean words. I believe this step often gets overlooked. And it gets overlooked because we'd rather just ignore the conversation or we'd rather just barrel in, let's figure it out, let's have the discussion, let's pin that person down and let's just get on the other side. Actually, a few moments, making sure that my relationship with God is where it should be, my sin is confessed, and I've soaked myself in his words, this prepares us. Let me ask you this. Do you think pure words help tough conversations? Yeah, they really do. So listen, this is why we encourage you to get here on Sunday. Not just so that you can check something off a religious checklist that you've been here. We do that because one of the things that we deliver here, and we do our very best to do that, is to look into God's word and say, here is what God wants us to do. Here's how God wants us to behave. Here's how God wants us to think. And in processing all of that, we're putting pure words and pure thoughts into our minds, clean words, so that when we step into these tough conversations, we are ready to deliver something that is clean, which God says he delights in. So getting here on Sunday actually prepares us for the tough conversations that we're going to have. Key number one, it's pure words. Here's key number two. It's bring carefully prepared words. 
Here's verse 28. It says, The heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. You see that phrase, thinks carefully there? Other versions use the word ponder. It comes from the Hebrew word that means to muse or to meditate. And so the picture we have here is that the heart of the godly, they meditate. They take a few moments and they're careful about this before speaking. Here's the opposite. The mouth of the wicked overflows with evil words. And that word overflows there means to belch forth or to pour out. So I'm I'm not making the puking thing up. It's actually right here in Scripture. And so when we spend time with God, when we meditate, we have the ability to think carefully before speaking as opposed to just belching out or pouring out words that don't really benefit anybody. Now, I want to get real practical for a moment and just share with you something that somebody challenged me with a few years ago, and I've actually started to do this, and I found it to be really, really helpful when I'm stepping into a tough conversation. And here's what it is. Write it out. Actually, write it out. Get a pencil and get a paper and actually write out your words. What needs to be said, and how can I benefit this tough situation here? Or type it out. Whatever you prefer to do. And here's what that does. When we write it out or when we type it out, we now have something to say. For those who prefer to clam up and want to just keep it all on the inside, we can't do that. There's not a biblical prescription for that. We have to say something. And so when I do the old-fashioned thing and I actually write it out, I now have something to say. And if I'm on the other extreme of that and I'm just kind of good at letting things fly, well, I now have a way to say things that have been thought through and can bring some benefits into the tough conversation. I would encourage you to think about that. Actually, write out the words of your tough conversation. Type it out. It might feel a bit clunky at first, but do that because I think it has a wonderful chance to lift the fog in the middle of a tough conversation. All right, so time with God, this gives us clean words, pure words, that's key number one, and then carefully planned words, meditate, take some time, write it out, so you've got something to say, and it's the right thing to say. Here's key number three, and that is prayer, lots of prayer, just bathe the whole conversation in a ton of prayer. Verse 29 says, the Lord is far from the wicked. But he hears the prayers of the righteous. Let that sink in for a moment. The Lord is far from the wicked. But he actually hears the prayers of the righteous. Have you ever wondered if God actually hears you? If you've got a right relationship with God, sin is confessed, there's nothing blocking the way, and you're soaking yourself in the words of God. Well, we have a wonderful verse here that tells us he hears the prayers of the righteous. And here's what prayer does. Prayer actually invites God into the situation. And when we don't pray, we're not asking God for help. Tough conversations are tough, aren't they? For a reason, and that's why the word is there. They're difficult, they're challenging, and we don't often like them. And so we need as much of God's help as we possibly can get. And when we pray over the whole conversation, it invites God in, and the good news is 
He hears. He hears. So whatever tough conversation you're in the middle of right now or that you know may be coming, just know God hears the prayers of the righteous. And so invite him into that situation because he wants to help with all of your tough conversations. So here's what this looks like when we put it all together. Read yourself full, write yourself empty, and pray over the whole conversation. Read yourself full, get clean, pure words on the inside. Because we can deliver clean and pure words when we have them. So read yourself full of God's word. Write yourself empty. Figure that out. Map it out to make sure you're saying the right thing and the best thing. And then pray over the whole conversation. Now, does this guarantee that everything will turn out okay? No. Actually, you could do all of that and still have a terrible conversation, which sounds somewhat depressing, but here's the deal. This raises the probability that the conversation will be better. And so what we're talking about today is how can we raise that probability that a tough conversation will be a decent or even a good conversation that benefits the people around us. And I would say this, even if we walk through all of that, and we read ourselves full, write ourselves empty, and pray over the whole conversation, and we step into that, and it's awful, that we can step away from that, knowing that we have done the right thing before God, and we've had the right approach, and we can kind of leave those results to God. So, read yourself full, write yourself empty, and pray over the whole conversation. Let me give you some bonus thoughts. And this is for those who are on the receiving end of a tough conversation. Like all of a sudden, someone is talking to you and you're like, oh, well, I, I was the problem, right? So here's some thoughts for you. Bonus number one, listen. If you find yourself there, listen. This is what we find in verse 31. If you listen to constructive criticism, you will be at home among the wise. <laughs> that sounds good, doesn't it? I mean, I'd like to be at home among the wise. But I'll tell you what I don't often do. I don't like listening to criticism. You know, quick to defend and put up arms. No, you don't understand. You don't get it. And I've had a lot of these conversations where people do the same. How about if we just listen? Because the indication here is when you receive that, you're wise. Who wants to be wise? Probably most of us, hopefully. So if you listen to constructive criticism, guess what? You're at home among the wise. You're actually comfortable there. Here's bonus number two, and that is put on humility. Verse 33, fear of the Lord teaches wisdom, and humility precedes honor. Everybody likes to be honored, but what comes before honor is humility. And so when we're on the receiving end of a tough conversation... We've got to listen, and we've got to put on humility, because in listening, we're at home among the wise, and in putting on humility, that actually leads to honor. Now, I'd also say this. If you think you're on the receiving end of a tough conversation, and it's not fair, like, I don't deserve this, they don't have all of the information, and they are wrong, who cares? Listen and put on humility. It doesn't matter. Because you want to bring benefits into the conversation. And the only way that happens when you're on the receiving end is if you listen 
and you put on humility, and that leads to being comfortable among the wise and also uh, having honor being inputted into our lives. All right, let me share three takeaways. You've already heard this. You've got a tough conversation going on right now, or you have this coming for you tomorrow at work or at school or whatever the case might be. Here you go. Read yourself full. If it's coming, I'm telling you, you've got to spend more time in Scripture and more time than what you probably think. Grab the reading program inside and read through those different verses and make sure that you've got pure and clean words on the inside and don't enter into a tough conversation without time alone with God. You're not going to deliver pure and clean words. It's not going to help. So read yourself full and then write yourself empty. Have fun. Grab a pen or a pencil or type it out, whatever you want to do. Get it down so that you can actually think through what you will be presenting in the middle of a tough conversation. And then pray over that whole thing. Spend time giving it to God. Invite him into the situation because God wants to help with that tough conversation. And then after reading yourself full, writing yourself empty, and praying over the whole thing, go and have that tough conversation. And know that it is possible to say the right thing at the right time. Father, we're thankful for Proverbs chapter 15 and for the practical words that are right here in Scripture for us. God, I think sometimes we forget, I know I do, that there is wonderful practical advice found in your word. And if we would just dig and search and do the work of discovering that, boy, we could really benefit from what is there. And this morning, we've taken some time in Proverbs chapter 15 to pull out some different thoughts and principles that can help with tough conversations. God, we all have to have them. And whether we're in one right now or one is coming, God, help us not to be surprised, but help us to consider how we can read ourselves full, write ourselves empty, and pray over the whole conversation. God, it may not go according to plan. It may not turn out that great. But yet if we've had the right approach, I think we're honoring you. And that's ultimately what we want to do. So God, I just want to pray over everybody in the room right now who's in the middle of a tough conversation or maybe they've been avoiding one or maybe they've walked through one and they've kind of just let it all out and they've hurt some feelings along the way. God, I pray that you'd help us to really approach this the right way and just to know that we can say the right thing at the right time. So help us to work at that. God, whatever those conversations need to look like this week, help us to walk through them with grace. And God, if we're on the receiving end of that, help us to listen and to put on humility. God, thank you so much for your clear words that just help us to know what to do. We thank you for this time. God bless us as we have tough conversations throughout this week. And I pray that as we do that, the fog would begin to lift as we bring benefits into these different tough talks. God bless us. Help us. Be with us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. We'd also love to have you join us on any Sunday morning as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 or 11 a.m.